60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on this very, very great radio station. Hey, this is not your typical finance show. This is not Harvard or Yale economics. This is about you. This is about the guy, the gal that go out and they earn the living or they try to earn a living. Maybe they're just making it week to week and they just can't seem to get ahead. Or maybe you do get a little bit ahead, but you think that prosperity is so far down the road that that's never going to be you, that you think, I know that it's possible, but that's just not me. Well, you know what? It is you. Everybody listening to this station right now has already shown that they listen to the type of radio stations that give information, that at least part of your day is still dedicated to empowering yourself through further education. There's nothing wrong with music radio. There's nothing wrong with comedy radio. But along the way, you have chosen to at least dedicate part of your day whether it's that drive to work, the drive home, whatever it is, to listen to informational radio like this that you can find helps you in your life. And that's what this is all about. The Saving Thousands radio show is hosted by Robert Palmer. Robert started off years ago in the mortgage industry, and the more he was in it, the more he disliked it. So he started a company that is now so successful that he can now give his time to giving back, to paying back to the community, to helping out great causes, moving into cities and and helping to revitalize cities robert palmer is there for you and every day he takes to the airwaves to give you financial empowerment so luxury is that not that far away prosperity is not that far away and today we're going to talk about that now one of the first things that you heard if you've listened to us before is we've talked about forget the scores that everybody offers you the fico score is the score that counts That's the score that's going to be judged when you go and look for a home or any major purchase. FICO, F-I-C-O. Well, Robert, FICO is very important as a tool to use in our total financial life, right? Yeah, so here's a cool chart as well. So it tells me that because of my FICO score, I have a 2% chance of getting into into credit trouble. I have a 2% chance of defaulting on credit. And and so that mm. that's what we look at as a lender. So sure. the idea is, and so what it tells me is someone between a 750 and a 799 credit score has a 2% chance of getting into trouble. Someone between an 800 and an 850 score has a 1% chance of getting into trouble. 700 to 749, 5% chance of getting into trouble. So you can see, and as, as these scores go down, 650 to 699, 13% chance. 600 to 649 is a 27% chance. Like these are the odds yeah, that as lenders whoa. we start to not like, right? And then between 550 and 599, you have a 45% chance of getting into credit trouble and not paying back uh, what, you're, what you're owed. Mm-hmm. And then when you go below a 550 credit score, it jumps up to a 63% chance. And then below a 500, cre- below 500 credit score is a 79% chance. It's 79% of people that will ultimately default uh, on the new loan because of that credit score. And so this is what, and this is the whole point of the FICO score is to, is to give this range. And so what, what they're doing is they're looking at all of these credit accounts mm-hmm. and they're saying, okay, so John Smith filed bankruptcy in March of 2015. What did his credit look like in January and February? Because oh, those are oh. big warning signs, right? So if, if in January, John had three 60 day lates and his credit cards were all maxed out and a couple of his accounts just got a charge off, that's the... That is the the driving path to mm-hmm. bankruptcy is what they see when they run their analytics. And that's what this whole credit score thing is based on. Now, people are not having enough credit, not having credit, not borrowing money. You know, one of those reasons uh, that I got dinged on my, my TransUnion score was there are no recent balances on your revolving credit accounts, right? But then when I, under FICO 8, that is no longer a negative on me. I don't have any negatives listed under the FICO 8. And uh, it says I have many accounts in good standing. This is fine, too. Under FICO 8, one of the positives is that I have an established credit history. And one of the negatives under FICO 5 is I have not established a long revolving credit history. Hmm. Right? So, I mean, obviously, they're learning. They're getting better and better. I mean, FICO score version 4 is probably eight or nine years old now. It was probably written before the crash. The problem is we as lenders still have to use this outdated, antiquated FICO score Mm -hmm. because— Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have to adopt the new score. They have to be ready to change over to it. And one of the reasons they did this is, this is good, Rob. So back in 2000, 
want to say it was like 2008 or 2009, uh, there was a credit company that figured out that they could give us as lenders all the different FICO score versions mm-hmm. and let us pick the one that was the highest <laughs> to try to get better rates from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Oh, and so it, it would, when you, usually when you, like today, when you pull a credit report, because today Fannie and Freddie only accept one version mm-hmm. and it's the <laughs> versions we just talked about. But before that, they would accept any version. They hadn't, they hadn't seen a reason to dictate. Mm-hmm. And so this credit company would give you all like FICO version one, which was like 20 <laughs> something years old. And so it would give you all the different FICO versions and you would pick the one that was the highest. And that's what you would use to then get the person a better rate with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Is it any wonder that the whole industry crashed? I, I know. I mean, who thought of this? You know, like, well, wait a minute. You know, all Fannie Mae says is if your mid score is between this and this, you get you get this better rate. Mm-hmm. So let's give them as many. Let's do pick a score and give them all the different uh-huh. versions. And so that happened. And that went on for about six or eight months. And then Fannie and Freddie came out and said, OK, enough of this. We are dictating the score you have to use. And, and so they told us mm. which scores we have to use. And so now with a new FICO 8 coming out, they have not adopted it. And, and actually FICO was already working on FICO 9. Uh, and FICO 9 is supposed to do a lot more to help people who do not have credit. Uh, I think they're going to try to rate like rental. Mm-hmm. So for people that rent instead of yeah. own, they're going to try to use some other data to try to be a, because if you don't have any credit accounts, they don't know. Sure. They don't know if that's because you have no money. And so you can't do anything or because you have so much money, you don't need to borrow anything. I mean, mm-hmm. and so they're, they're always trying to get better. But that that is the that is my my little lesson here on FICO score. So what I will tell you is uh, it is important to pay your bills on time. It is important to keep your balance to credit limit low. Uh, but apparently zero is bad. I mean, that's crazy to me. But again, this is on an old antiquated version of FICO. And only one of the three bureaus has that. And so as a lender, we use your middle score. So we take the Equifax FICO score version 5, we take the TransUnion uh, FICO score version 4, and we take the Experian FICO score version version 2, and we take the middle of the three, and that's what we use as a lender. And uh, and so that way, if, if one of them is kind of off balance, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt you, uh, because none of my other ones mention having that zero balance as a problem. They all see that as a positive. So mm-hmm. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what the deal is there, but just pay your bills on time, keep your balances low. Uh, and realize that that so many things we do in life are based on that FICO score. And don't forget, folks, that if you want to know more about this, you can all, always call. But if you go through my FICO and you pull your number, what are the target numbers we're looking for, Robert? So to get the best deal on a mortgage, right, mm-hmm. you, you need a 740 score. Okay, 740. Right, 740 is the best. Uh, once you go below 700, the rates get worse quicker. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because, as we talked about earlier, the, the, the likelihood of default gets worse much quicker, right. too. I mean, the difference between a, an 800 and a, and a 780 is a 1% to 2% chance of default versus you get down into the 600, you go from like 13 to 27% chance of default, So, which costs us money as a lender. We don't want to make loans that are going to default. Sure. So, uh, And then once you get below 620, it's very difficult to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then below 600, it's near impossible. Wow. And there are, you know, we, we can look at your credit and say, okay, uh, there's some inaccurate information on here. You, you know, this isn't truly reflective of who you are and grant some exceptions. But if you have an accurate 580 it's very or 550, it's very, very difficult to get a mortgage. As you're listening to the show, realize that there's even more consumer empowerment provided by us on the web. It's called savingthousands.com. You have to spell out the word thousands, okay? Savingthousands.com. What a great website. It's got a bunch of information on there, including... These radio shows, you can hear archived shows 24-7. You just go to savingthousands.com, and it will say radio shows. (laughs) Pretty self-explanatory, right? You're also going to find some very, very good articles there. You're going to find a portal that says Ask RP. Now, that is your way to go directly to the host of our show, Robert Palmer himself, and ask him any question you want, whether it be a question about finance, a question about payroll deductions, whatever it is. Robert Palmer will directly get back with you through the Saving Thousands form that you fill out because you're going to email it to us. We're going to email it right back to you, and you're going to get an answer. Plus, we'll probably use that topic without your name, and, of course, everything's confidential here, but um, you'll hear that topic probably on a future show because, you know, we want to make sure that if you were inquisitive about some part of the economy, well, you're probably representative of thousands of others who also have that same question that just didn't fill out the Ask RP form. And again, Ask RP is totally confidential, as is the home value hotline section of savingthousands.com. It is a really good way for you to get the assessment of the value of your home in a totally confidential manner and in a manner where your name 
and your information is not going to be shared on the internet or shared in the real estate industry. It's as simple as that. Well, part of that too is the Saving Thousands Rules to Success, Robert. Let's recap the rules, Rob. We've, we've talked right. about these. Uh, rule number one, always shop around all purchases, banks, ATM fees, credit cards, mortgages, life insurance, car insurance. I could go on and on. Rule number one here on Saving Thousands is always shop around. Rule number two is know your numbers. All right, know your numbers. This is your credit score. We've talked a lot about that, that this week, how to dispute mm-hmm. items. Uh, your home value, home value hotline. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, the balances on your cards, the interest rates on your cards, car loans, mortgages, everything. Uh, so you've got to know your numbers. All right, rule number three is the three-day rule. Uh, this is the pledge that all of us financial ninjas here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network, before we take on any type of major purchase or before we apply for any type of credit or take out any type of new loan, we are going to think about it for three days. All right, this was uh, this used to be a rule that was used in dating, and one that I, I inaccurately try to use on my now wife. Wow. And, uh, but it's much better when applied to finance. Not so good when applied to romance. So three-day rule. We're going to wait three days uh, before we make any decisions on a large purchase. And it really does empower you. When you're sitting there with that pushy sales guy, and he's like, you know, when he leans in and he, he offers you the pen, right? You know, like, like mm-hmm. these, these 1960s closing techniques. Like, oh, would you like to use my pen or your pen? I don't need a pen at all. Thank you. I'm going to wait three days before I make a decision. You know, well, what can we do to get you to commit today? You can't do anything to get me to commit today because I'm going to wait three days because I listen to Robert Palmer on the Saving Thousands Radio Network, and I'm going to follow the three-day rule. So it's a good way for you to push off that pushy sales guy. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to push off that that clerk in line at the department store who's trying to sell you a high-interest rate credit card. Would you like to sign up for your whatever card today to save 20%? I would love to, but I have to take that pamphlet, go home and read it, and wait three days and make a decision. And if I still think it's a good idea, I will come back here and buy more of your glop or whatever it is I'm buying, and I will get the <laughs> discount then. So that's the uh, that's the three-day rule. That's the, the first three rules we talk about a lot. Uh, so moving on, maybe some new territories from our listeners. Uh, rule number four uh, is we are not going to abuse credit, but we're not going to fear it either. All right, so Very important. Don't abuse credit. This is big, you know, but don't fear it either. The, the solution is not to just have no credit. The solution is not to bury your head in the sand and be afraid of credit. And, and think that you can get through life with nothing and no credit score. Because let me tell you, where, where maybe 10 or 15 years ago you could, mm-hmm. uh, we are moving more and more and more toward a society where the credit score is used in so many parts of your life, from insurance to any type of business, financing. I mean, there's just so many ways that score is being used uh, that you can't ignore it. And, and you know, we, 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 we maybe had a chance as consumers to fight this trend. That ship has sailed. Uh, it is getting more and more mass appeal to businesses into all aspects of our life. So we can't be afraid of credit. The other reason is there's ways you can take advantage of credit and you can make money. You can arbitrage. You can, uh, you know, you can take advantage of that six months interest free and then invest your money in, in a mutual fund and, and make some cash. You can, you can take advantage of that, that car deal where it's six months interest free and put your money to work somewhere else. Uh, there, uh, you can take advantage of those airline miles. You know, I get a couple of nice vacations a year off of my American Express points. Uh, and if I was afraid of credit, see, I, I've got the money. I don't have to use credit. I could pay cash for everything. I could use a debit card for everything. That's another issue we've talked about is yeah. the risk of using a debit. I may have to make that a well, rule, Rob. That just we need to put that Financial on. ninjas don't use debit cards. I think I may jump out there and be that bold with it. Um, so all these things, you can't be afraid of credit, right? It just it doesn't work. And uh, so what I'm going to do here on the show is I'm going to teach you how to use credit to your advantage. That's what we do. But you've got to have it. You can't. Uh, a life with zero debt, uh, with zero credit, just doesn't work in today's society. Now, I'm not saying be a slave to debt. I'm not saying bury yourself. But, you know, there's some great tax benefits to having a mortgage. There's a lot of benefits to using credit cards and then just paying them off every month. If you pay them in full every month during the grace period, you haven't cost yourself any interest, but you're able to take advantage of the miles or the the rebates, the, the protections, right? There's all these great things there. So that's rule number four. Don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. Uh, rule number five is if you know their tricks, they won't work. Right. And so, so for this, you know, I, I really do believe, and I know from experience that big financial services companies absolutely use tricks uh, to try to confuse us and get us to overspend, get us to not pay our bills on time. Uh, you know, we talked about the trick of, of trying to get consumers to go paperless. You know, they want you to, to give up getting paper statements and deliver them to you electronically because then they can hide all the disclosures. That's the trick because then you don't know how much money you could save by paying it off in three years instead of 20 years by only sending in an extra $10 a month. You know, these these are the tricks. They want you to sign up for that credit card in line when you're not paying attention, when you're not asking questions like, what's the annual fee? What's the APR? 
They want you to float that mortgage rate. They want you to not lock in. They want to let you float around out there and flop around as a floater, you know, who has no control of their destiny and give them all the power back. That's one of the tricks. And as a consumer, if we know the tricks, they don't work anymore. They, they can't trick us if we know what they're trying to do. So rule number five, if you know their tricks, they don't work. No more smoke and mirrors, Robert, right? You bet. You know, folks, if you're listening to this show, we kind of established at the beginning of the show in the rollout that you're listening because you thrive on further education. You're going to be the winners in your neighborhood on the floor that you work on in your business. Whatever it is, you're going to be getting ahead. You're going to be moving from that 500 or 600 credit score up above 700 because it truly is easy when you follow those saving thousands rules to success. When you listen to this show and find out about the pitfalls that you might fall into that are being set up through these big, big financial institutions that may in one hand offer you a service while the other hand is picking your pocket. You got a visual of that and it happens every day. That's why we're here. That's why we're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. One is we'd like you to become a homeowner. And a lot of people have a lot of hesitancy there because they're nervous. They don't know if they can get approved for a loan. They don't know how much home they can afford. They're not sure how to find the best realtor to represent them. Maybe you own a home, but you owned it way before the crash. And now you're worried about coming back into home ownership again. Maybe you lost your home through foreclosure and you're worried about things. Well, how about having the conversation without any obligation? In a company that's supplying you free information through savingthousands.com, through the Saving Thousands app, through the Robert Palmer channel on iHeart, and through this radio show, I think you're beginning to understand that the Robert Palmer family of companies is about helping you. There are no smoke and mirrors. There's no tricks. There's no hard sale. There's nobody trying to get your name on some real estate harvest list. It just doesn't happen. And I know along the way that once you've got that home along, after you've had that home, you're going to realize that you're building up equity. Well, do, don't, well, don't do what we did in the crash and take that equity as an ATM card for a vacation. No, Robert, there are some good ways to use our equity, right? Yeah, Robbie. So let's recap. Why, why would someone refinance? You yes, refinance to, to lower your interest rate, right? Because paying less interest is always, always better. I mean, <laughs> even, even, I mean, on a $200,000 loan, if you drop your interest rate just a half a percent, that's a thousand dollars in savings the first year. And if there's no closing costs, because I'm paying them all, that thousand dollars in savings by just reducing interest rate one half of a percent, it's a thousand dollars more in your pocket. Maybe you eliminate the PMI. There's people on a two hundred thousand dollar loan, Rob, paying almost three thousand dollars a year in mortgage insurance Ooh. on their on their FHA loans. Okay. If you've got the equity now, we can eliminate that. We can eliminate that PMI. Now we're talking three thousand dollars in savings the first year from eliminating that high FHA PMI. Maybe a thousand dollars a year in savings by dropping the interest rate just a half. If you drop the interest rate one percent on a two hundred thousand dollar, you're talking two thousand dollars in savings the first year. Maybe you go to a shorter term to maximize the savings, right? Shorter term loans carry lower interest rates. So maybe we do a 20 year loan or a 15 year loan, help you pay the home off faster. And look, the payment doesn't double. A lot of people think, oh, well, if my 30 year payment is a thousand, the 15 year payment will be 2000. It doesn't work that way. You see the way interest works, the way interest compounds, the shorter term does not double the payment. It's less because you're paying the mortgage off sooner. And so we can look at this. We can show you what 15 years look like. Let's cut seven, eight years off the back of your mortgage. Let's cut 10 years off the back of your mortgage. Let's cut five years off the back of your mortgage. That's big money saved. Maybe you need some cash out. Maybe you need to take cash out to pay off some credit card debt. Maybe you need to take cash out to pay off a, a car loan. Maybe you need to take cash out to buy another property. Maybe you need to combine a first and a second mortgage. Maybe you've got a, a second mortgage that's an adjustable rate that's gonna go up soon. Maybe you've got a home equity line of credit that's gonna adjust soon. We can refinance all these things and combine them with your first into one low rate. We can give you cash out to invest in the stock market. We can do all these things. Uh, refinancing a mortgage is such a great financial tool. And the only reason people don't use this tool, Rob, is this tool is expensive. Yeah. This tool costs you normally three, four, five, six thousand dollars in closing costs. There's lender fees, there's appraisal fees, there's doc stamps, there's intangible taxes, there's title insurance, there's closing fees, there's search fees, exam fees, survey fees, all of these fees, 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 recording fees. Not right now at RP Funding because I'm gonna pay them all for you, right? Because I've built my company in a way that I can afford to take that three, four, five thousand dollars out of my pocket, out of my profit on the transaction, out of my revenue on the transaction and give it back to you as a bribe to get you to, to get off your butt and refinance your loan and take advantage of the savings, save money, reduce interest whenever possible. That's one of our rules. 
right? I want you to do this. I want you to do this right now. I want you to save money. I want you to stop overpaying interest to your bank. I want you to stop leaving unnecessary years on the back end of your mortgage if we can reduce your term and eliminate them. Right? And if your mortgage payment is $1,000 a month, that's $12,000 a year. If we knock five years off of the back of your mortgage, that's $60,000. If we knock 10 years off of the back of your mortgage, that's $120,000. People are making these kind of moves and saving this kind of money, and they're doing it right now with no closing costs at RP Funding, 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634. Call today, or if you're busy today, store it in your phone and call us on Monday, 855-773-8634, or go to rpfunding.com, where you can apply online, rpfunding.com. Learn all about us on there. You can pick up past radio shows at savingthousands.com. This is all about me using one of my companies to help you follow the rules, to help you be a financial ninja, to help you maximize savings by making what is normally a very expensive transaction, a very expensive process, a mortgage refinance, completely free because I'm going to pay all of the closing costs for you when you refinance with RP funding on a conventional home loan to save you money. That's what it's all about. Let's get you out of that FHA mortgage. Let's get you out of that VA mortgage. Let's get you out of that USDA mortgage. Let's get you into a conventional mortgage. Let's try to eliminate that private mortgage insurance. Let's try to have the equity. Let's try to get you out of that. Let's try to save you as much money as possible. Let's get you on the right term. Let's cut years off the back. Let's cut the rate if we can. Let's cut the PMI. Let's do it. It's a free call. There's no obligation. We're here to help. 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. Or go to rpfunding.com. 855-773-8634. And here's that number one more time because you really need to start the conversation. You're going to find out that the people at RP Funding at 855-773-8634 have one thing in mind. That is not to make the sale. No, that's not it. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. They have one thing in mind, and that is customer service. That's right, customer service. 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. Hey, I'm looking at savingthousands.com, and if you're not driving, and if your kids aren't in the swimming pool where you should be watching them at all times, but if you've got a few minutes, go to savingthousands.com with me, savingthousands.com. Oh, you have to spell out the word thousands, okay? But once you're on savingthousands.com, you're going to see some great, great portals to very useful information, and it is so user-friendly. I don't think I have ever been on a website that is more consumer-friendly. There's no smoke, there's no mirrors, there's no fast-moving things. It's simply a great site with information for you that is clearly labeled. And if it's an article, it's very easy to read. It's a very short-form article with ways that you can get more information if you need it. If it's one of our radio shows, it's clear, it's crisp, there's no snap, crackle, pop. It's all right there for you, and you'll be able to hear our info modules. You'll be able to uh, read articles. You'll be able to hear our hour-long radio shows. You'll be able to access Ask RP. You'll be able to access the Home Value Hotline. There's just a lot of information on there. You can even open the windows. There are eight of them that will give you more information on that particular topic, like personal finance, credit cards, credit score, mortgages, banking, loans, being a financial zombie, and home ownership. If you just simply click on any one of those categories, that will open the door to articles, info modules, and past radio shows. It could not be simpler. And of course, you know a big part of savingthousands.com? It's the rules. There's a great transition for you, Robert. Let's get back to the rules. Rule number six, uh, you've got to spread your knowledge. You've got to educate your friends and family. You know, for so long, money and finance and credit scores was this taboo, and, and nobody wanted to talk about it. And, and I think the, the newer generation, the younger generation coming up is more open to talking about it. You know, that there's no, there's no shame there. There's I mean, why are we afraid to talk about it? And I honestly believe that this fear, this taboo was created by big financial services companies, the financial services industry, because by keeping us from being willing to talk about it, the tricks will work more. They can confuse us more. We don't have the power of, of our core group and our support group and our friends and family knowing what's going on. You know, no one wants to tell their friends and family they have a bad credit score. But if you told them, then maybe they can help you fix it. You know, they can help you make better decisions. No one wants to talk about where they are financially, how much money they make, all these things in their lives. But if we talk about it, we can make better financial decisions. We can be a financial core group. Uh, you know, Rob, when I was a kid, my mom brought home her paycheck in cash and showed me. 
showed me this is the son. This is what I get every month. This stack of money right here, and I'm going to show you where it goes. And there's a lot of parents that are probably just appalled at that. Why you would tell your kid how much money you make? You would show your child what your finances looked like. One of the best things that she ever did for me. I mean, if you want to talk about an education and, and mm-hmm. why do I understand so much about this? Well, being exposed to it at a young age and seeing the real world numbers and watching her take the pile of cash, which to me is a, however old I was, you know, 9, 10, seemed like all the money in the world. And then watching the pile for income tax and the pile for rent or for the mortgage and the pile for the credit cards and the pile for food and the pile for car insurance. And all of a sudden there was nothing left. And that huge pile of money that seemed like to a little kid a fortune was gone, gone right there in one month, gone. And uh, and if we don't talk about it, if we don't spread our knowledge, if we don't share this with our friends, if we don't tell our friends about resources like this radio show, and we don't tell our friends about the things we learned and about the rules and, and to shop around and to wait three days and to know our numbers, we're doing them a huge disservice. And so we've got to stop this taboo. We've got to break through. We've got to be stronger consumers. We've got to take back the power and rule number six is spread that knowledge. You know, share it with your friends and family. Don't be afraid to talk about this stuff. Uh, rule number seven, uh, this is a big one. So rule number seven is if you own or run a business, be transparent with your customers. Amen. Right? So uh, if, if I can reach, uh, I don't think, I think we have like 100, 120,000 listeners a week uh, here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Mm-hmm. So if I can reach 100 or 120,000 people and get them to, to follow these rules, that's, uh, that's big. But if I can reach some business owners or some business managers, some people who have the power to take their business down a different path uh, where they they encourage their consumer to shop around, they encourage their consumer to rate through. I mean, rate through. Imagine if you, you went to that car dealership and they said, okay, sir, uh, yeah, we, we know you want to buy this car. We want you to go home three days and think about it and make sure it's the right decision for you, right? I mean, some sales manager just jumped out of his window just hearing <laughs> yeah, me say that. Right. But, you know, these are the types of things that, that if businesses buy into, then the other however many million people that don't listen to me can benefit as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, rule number seven is about spreading. It's my way to spread this knowledge by encouraging business owners and business managers to run their business like I do in a way that puts consumers first and in a way that reinforces the rules and the principles we teach here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Uh, rule number nine is uh, practice what you learn and always learn more. So this is, this is one of yours, Rob. Rob Newton contributed this one. Uh, if you don't practice it, what's the point? I mean, yeah. if you're not going to do this stuff, if you're not going to shop around, if you're not going to know your numbers, if you're not going to wait three days, if you're not going to, you know, refuse to abuse credit, and if you're going to fear credit, and if you don't want to know their tricks, and if you do know them, you're still going to let them pull them on you, then what do you go flip over to classic rock or uh, pop music or something? I mean, what? Why are you wasting your time listening to me if you're not going to put this stuff into practice? So rule number eight is practice what you learn, and you've always got to learn more. I am a I am a constant student. I can still learn, you know, and I, I think. No matter how big my company is, no matter how much I do and how much I know, I can always learn more. And there's always someone I can learn from. And I'm always reading books and I'm always listening to other shows and I'm I'm always trying to educate myself. And, and I think that's an important rule. So that's number eight. Practice what you learn and always learn more. And then rule number nine is share your successes. Uh, so this is different. So sharing the knowledge, right? Sharing the knowledge is about telling other people what what's going on and, and, and sharing the, the resources and a way to learn. Sharing your successes is when you then go back and say, hey, you know what? I did some of this stuff and I actually saved some money. You know, Rob, you've told me some stories before of, you know, when we first went on the radio together and, and you know, you tried some of the stuff I was talking about. And, and I did. And you saved some money. I tell you what, and I just tried some the other day. One of the things that Robert always talks about from the earliest days we were on radio together, seven some years ago, and that was going back to shopping around. And so the other day I did my financial house cleaning. I had kind of a light day. And uh, so what I did was when I got home from this job, I went over all the bills. And the next day, when I had an hour or two, I contacted every one of those suppliers. The first one was the cable guy. And I ended up doing what Robert Palmer taught me to do. And I said, please tell me the plan I'm under because I'm up for the year's contract in 30 days. So let's not wait till the last day. Let's start today. Well, Mr. Newton, we don't need to do that. No, you're you're okay. No, you're all right. They, I want, said, you no. to, they want you to float. <laughs> yeah, I said, no, <laughs> I'm not all right because I don't want to be surprised in 30 days by you renewing a contract. So, Robert, in short, here's what happened. I insisted right then that we discussed every tier of channels I get. What they did was they went ahead and gave me three more tiers of channels for the same money I'm spending today. Had I not shopped around, I never would have got that. Never. So I did that with my cable, and then I went to Verizon and then I went to my other bills, and I beat them all three, thanks Perfect. to you. Perfect. See, this is what 
This is what sharing your successes rule number nine is all about. Because when your friends and family and other listeners hear that this stuff does work and that you did try it and that you don't have to be a financial guru, you don't have to be the owner of a big company, you don't have to be a mortgage guy, you don't have to be a financial guy, you don't have to be a talk show host on the radio to do these things. Anybody can do them. And so you've got to share your successes because that's what's going to help us spread this culture to other people. Mm -hmm. Because what really makes the whole Saving Thousands Charter powerful is when enough consumers are following it that businesses have to change and businesses have to react and businesses have to stop the abusive practices that they've gotten so good at, right? Because we're done as consumers. We're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to put up with it. We're going to follow the rules and we're going to only want to work with businesses who encourage people to follow the rules. And it's going to be this whole revolution. And so you've got to share your successes. Other people have to be aware and have to know that this is working for you because that's going to be their motivation to do better and to be smarter and to stop being a financial zombie and to stop meandering around out there floating in a raft with no anchor and and becoming a financial ninja and making good decisions. And I think maybe we need to add a rule somewhere along the line. Maybe it's going to be rule number 38. I don't know. Never take no, the first no for, a, for an answer because the first thing when I talked to the cable was, no, we can't change anything now. Oh, they ended up changing a lot before the conversation was over. Right. But first they said no. So when you first call a, a bank for a refi or you first call an auto place and you say, here's the car I want and I want it for this price. The first thing they're going to say is, well, come down and we'll talk about that's it. That's right. And that's pretty much just a no. That's kind of like your mom saying, ask your dad or we'll see. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, it is. It, it's, it's, and so imagine this. Imagine if they called you and said, hey, Mr. Newton, we noticed you've been a loyal customer and, you know, your renewal's up in two months and we'd like to give you some free channels. You know, and, and then they sit back and say, well, God, we would lose all this money. How could we ever do that? And what I've proven in my business and my argument is that you will gain so many happy customers. In, and they tell you know, everybody else. And then they, exactly. You know, and if you look, you know, if you look, if you take cable TV, for an example, uh, you know, their their practices is what led to the rise of direct TV and AT&T mm -hmm. U-verse and, and Fios and all these others. If if they, if they did a great job because the, the product is the same, right? I mean, TV is really TV. I mean, there's really, I mean, other than NFL, NFL Sunday ticket on direct TV, there's not a whole lot of differences. It comes down to how you treat your customer. It's service. And, and so if they treated everybody right, yeah, they would not be able to gouge us on the premium channels. But if they had 30% more subscribers because they did it the right way, then they wouldn't need to gouge anybody on, on, the, you know, on those extra channels. And that's the philosophy I took. And yeah, I know it's scary. And a lot of businesses are going to sit back and say, well, that would never work for us. There's a car dealer saying, oh, if I told everybody to go wait three days, I'd never sell another car. And I argue, no, if you've got a good product at a good price, you'll sell a lot more of it. Because, I mean, they're going to tell their friend, hey, this crazy car guy, he told me to go home for three days and sleep on it. He told me to go check out the competitor and see what their price is. And he told me to go test drive the Honda, even though he's selling Kias, and to make sure I didn't like it better. And I liked his the best, so I'm going back, and now I'm going to tell all my friends. And I, I, I would guarantee you, as counterintuitive as it seems to him, they would sell more cars. Now, they're not going to make as much money per car because, you know, what a lot of companies, they live to take advantage of that one poor guy who doesn't shop around, yeah. right? And so don't let that be you, right? And don't <laughs> let don't let you be the poor sucker who didn't shop around who gets taken advantage of. But that's how a lot of businesses run. That's how the mortgage industry is, and that's how I was in a lot of years of my career. Uh, but when you realize that by not doing that, by giving everybody a great deal and caring about every consumer and taking care of every consumer, uh, the benefits of the word of mouth and, and of the – you know, the, the the fact that people do trust you and do want to do business with you and it's not this adversarial relationship where, you know, you go high-five your sales manager because you got him and then he goes home and is so upset because he realizes he got taken three days later when he realizes what he could have gotten the car for or what rate he could have gotten or, or how many fees he paid. They're going to hate you. And, and you do not want past customers hating you. That's not good business. That's right. That's not good business at all. And, Robert, speaking of good business – the government is on to something. Ever since the financial and housing crunch of 2008, or we can call it a crash, the government's been working really hard with a lot of areas of finance and a lot of professionals to come up with a new system for mortgages. And the system is called TRID. Now, you've done some extensive radio shows on this. I know that you've been a public speaker to a lot of industries on TRID and the changes it makes in the mortgage industry. But to put it simply, here's what it is, folks. There's a new philosophy called know before you owe. And when TRID was first introduced by the government, wow, was there a lot of shove back and kickback from the monster mega banks, the mega lenders. They're going, you expect us to change the, the way that we've been doing things since 1976? 
and you want us to change it by October of 2015 because the trade announcement wasn't that long ago. So most of these companies went public and they're making speeches and they're on the late night financial shows and they're going, well, it could take as many as 70 to 90 days to close a trade loan. Robert Palmer has been on the airwaves for a long time now, the last two or three months, talking about trade and talking about how good it is for the consumer and how it's all about transparency. And his company, RP Funding, has been, been about transparency since the day they opened the door for the first time. So transparency is the way that RP Funding does business. So TRID is a walk on the beach. TRID is a great, great awakening. It's good business. And so when the change was made in early October, big mega banks were calling people saying, we can't close on time. There are problems. Something's come up. Well, that happened to a family in Boca Raton. And they had heard Robert Palmer on one of our stations down there. And they called RP Funding and they said, our big, big bank can't close on time. We're in trouble. This is going to cause a domino effect of a lot of families that are not going to go through a real estate transaction, and that means trouble. There's going to be a lot of thousands of dollars lost. RP Funding showed how easy it is. They turned around one of the first TRID loans in the United States in only 10 days, just 10 days. So when you hear people out there in the industry complaining and worrying about TRID, don't worry about it. Just call RP Funding, right, Robert? Hey, I want to talk to you about the wide world of fees. You know, it's it's funny. When I, when I worked for one of those big lenders, uh, we sent out an advertisement and it said like, uh, you know, no application fee, no, uh, no credit report fee, mm. no mortgage broker fee. You know, we, we, we listed probably 20 fees we were not going to charge. Mm-hmm. We did not mention the three really big ones that we were going oh to charge. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, you know, my, my philosophy is simple. No, no fees. You should not have to pay to get a mortgage. It's silly. What you're going to pay is interest. You're going to pay interest for the next 15, 20, 30 years. That should be enough mm-hmm. compensation. for. I, I Trust me, I know it is enough compensation for what we do because I do the accounting on thousands of mortgages a year that mm-hmm. we close, and there is plenty of money to be made without charging you fees. And so the fees, it's just greed. It's it's purely greed. It, it's the, We talk about the companies that are paying out too much in commission, and so they have to charge all these fees because when you're paying your sales guy an insane amount of commission, the money has to come from somewhere, and you now take what can be a, a somewhat affordable uh, transaction in a mortgage, and you make it very, very expensive because you want to pay a really high commission to your salespeople because your salespeople close one or two transactions a month, and if they can't make a whole lot of commission on each one, they cannot afford to feed their family, and that's uh, that's what we see happen a lot. So, yeah, so the whole application fee thing, just run. I mean, if anybody wants to charge you an application fee, just I would I would just hang up on them. You You officially have my permission right now. I know that like we, you know, from an <laughs> etiquette standpoint and, you know, we like to be courteous and it's, it's extremely rude to hang up on someone uh, that's instilled in us from a, an early age. I wonder what the next generation is going to feel because they don't even talk on the phone. They like text. Yeah. Like, how do you hang up on someone via a text message? I'm going to ask a, I'm gonna have to ask around and see if anyone at the office knows how to hang up on someone in a text message. But anyway, so, I bet you, you know, the kids have some symbol that they can something, text. There's something, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, you have my permission to hang up immediately. If any mortgage company tries to charge you an application fee mm-hmm. and just, I mean, just slam the phone down, send the message, right? <laughs> well, Mr. Johnson, if you'll just give me your credit card, we can charge you your $500 application fee and get started. Click done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the end of that. That's the end of that. There'll be no upfront fees. That's, that's pretty that. much it. And right now, if you act quickly on a refi, what kind of surprise do they get? Yeah, so we're we're actually we're paying all the fees. So you know when I talk about not having fees, I'm talking about our fees, lender fees. You know this is origination and processing and underwriting and and the junk fees that these are paid to the mortgage company. Now when you close on a loan, there are fees paid to other people. There's fees paid to the title company. There's fees paid to the title insurance uh, underwriter. There are fees paid to the state of Florida, to the county, to the county recorder's office. There's all these things that have to be paid to others. And right now, I am paying all of those for my clients, and I'm doing that out of my advertising budget. Mm-hmm. And so what I did, Rob, and again, my, my chief operating officer, Ingrid, about had a heart attack when I, I came up with this. And so I decided <laughs> that uh, I would take $2.5 million, and I would take it out of the advertising budget, and uh, I would stick it into a, a slush fund, and I would use that fund to pay people's closing costs when they refinance their mortgage to RP funding. So I'm basically bribing you to move your mortgage from wherever it is right now and move it over to RP funding so I can pay all the closing costs for you out of this $2.5 million because I believe that it's more powerful to give this $2.5 million to my clients that are refinancing to bribe them to move their mortgage over here. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, maybe you know, maybe four or five years ago, you got a mortgage from the big bank. 
you, you hadn't started listening to me on the radio yet. You know, we were, we didn't have a relationship yet. You weren't aware of all the wonderful things going on over at RP Funding. Maybe you were a skeptic. Maybe you heard from a cousin's uncle's best friend's niece's mortgage broker buddy that I'm a big fat liar and we really do charge fees. And uh, and now you realize that that is all hooey. Mm-hmm. Hooey. Is that a word, Rob? I like hooey. 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 That is that is hooey. Uh, and you would now like to redeem yourself and move your mortgage over to RP Funding, which you should have done in the first place. And you can do so with no fees because I am bribing you by paying all the closing costs so that it is completely free to move your mortgage from that big bank over to RP Funding. So I, wor- I could not make life easier. In other words, the county and the state and a whole bunch of people are getting checks from RP Funding, right. which would have gone... From yep. the uh, the borrower. Yeah, and we don't. It's not financed into your loan. It's not built into your loan. Wow. It's not tacked onto your loan. It's not a a second lien on your house. It's it's literally I I am writing this check out of what used to be two and a half million dollars in my advertising budget. And you know, folks, there are hours and hours a day that Robert Palmer's having to sign those checks. So keep those loans coming. That's right. Refinance. There are so many great things that refinance can do for you. All right. So make sure that you look up some of the ways, some of the articles, some of the radio shows, some of the info modules that teach us different ways that we can truly benefit. If we go into a refi in the right frame of mind, it can be a great, great tool. Well, like I was saying earlier in the show, if you go to savingthousands.com, you'll find articles and you'll find a lot of great radio shows. As a matter of fact, I guess uh, the radio show started about eight years ago. It's at least been on once a week. And then it went to weekdays in many markets. So there's over about 400 hours of saving thousands advice for you that you can easily access on demand. And again, totally confidential. Nobody's going to try to sell you anything. Nobody's going to try to harvest your name for a list. That's just not the way we do business. I was just checking on our computer logs to see what radio shows you're actually going after and what radio shows really pique your interest. Well, the first is, Robert Palmer talking about empowering you to be a better credit card holder. Evidently, we got some people out there with some credit card challenges. Well, Robert's going to answer those challenges. The second most trending radio show is learn how you can quit being a financial zombie. Take a hold of all of your assets and make them work for you. All right, number three, Robert tells you how you can change your credit score Don't answer that plastic sign by the side of the road. You can improve your credit score simply by looking at the day that the statements come out, and you'll have to listen to the radio show to get the philosophy, but we want you to do it. Okay, Robert, one of the newest rules that you've adopted is rule number 15. That rule says we should always buy a home with a 30-year mortgage and then later down the line change that to a 15. Can you tell us about that? What, what I found in all my experience, I mean, I've been working with people on mortgages and, and really living this world for a long time. And, and when people buy the right amount of home up front, uh, they don't they don't move out as quickly. They don't leave as quickly. Right. Uh, you know, so if, if you I mean, I don't know that we even have that many two bedroom, two bath houses out there anymore. They're out there. You know, so if, if you're very payment conscious and the first home you buy is a two bedroom, two bath and you're not willing to keep it as a rental property. Right. A lot of people say, you know, what, Robert, I just don't want to mess with that. I understand I can build wealth, but I don't want to deal with the hassle of having to collect rents and, and hire a property manager. And that just does not sound appealing to me at all. Uh, so when I'm done with a house, I'm going to sell it. I'm not going to keep it. I'm not going to rent it out. That's just not for me. Uh, I think that's a mistake, but I understand there are people that feel that way. So if you buy a, a two-bedroom, two-bath house, right, it, it's really hard to raise a family in a two-bedroom, two-bath house. And, and so you're kind of setting yourself up to have to make another move, where if someone bought a, you know, a four-bedroom, three-bath house, Right now, they've got some room to grunge. Now, look, I am not advocating going out there and, and, and strapping yourself and buying too much house. And the reason I don't even worry about that anymore, Rob, is as an industry, we won't let you do that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there are no more stated income. Lo- I mean, there's a, a couple out there, but no, no reputable institutions uh, are doing stated income loans. It's all this kind of back of the envelope. We're going to sell you the house under an LLC so we can skirt the law. And it's a big mess. But so there's no more stated income. There's no more negative amortization. See, that these were all the tricks that mortgage companies use to help people buy too much house. So what I will tell you is if, if we qualify you for it in today's guidelines, in today's market, then you could afford it. Okay. And, and so buying the right amount of house, buying the amount of house you can afford, uh, but on the upper end of your scale, 
I think is is a good decision. Now, I'm not talking about go crazy and you know max yourself out. And you need this lavish house, but if you're looking at a two bedroom two bath house or a three bedroom two bath house or a four bedroom two bath or four bedroom three bath house, you've got to think about the long term implications. You've got you know I would even advocate hey maybe move a little further outside of of town and get the bigger house so that you have room to grow into it. Uh, because again, the the worst thing that can happen is you buy the two bedroom two bath house today and then all of a sudden. Uh, you're expecting twins and you decide that the two bedroom, two bath house just isn't going to work. And now you've got to quickly sell it and buy another house. And now you're going to experience the sales costs, the soft costs, right? The cost to hire a real estate agent or the cost to try to market the property yourself, the cost to pay the closing costs on behalf of the buyer, which happens in most cases. Uh, you know, there's doc stamps, there's taxes in Florida that the seller pays. There's all these costs, the moving in, the moving out costs. Uh, and so if you buy two little house up front, uh, you, you're more likely to find yourself in this situation of needing to move out too soon, needing to sell too soon, and negating the financial benefits. Remember, the whole point of this conversation is the financial side of home ownership, right? I'm not talking about the emotional side, you know, that, that a home is a great place to raise a family and a home is a great place to put down roots and the stability it brings to your life. I'm talking purely financial. Buying a home and reselling it too quickly costs you money because there are, are costs involved in buying and selling real estate. It's, it's a reality. It's a fact of life. So where I wish, you know, I, I would, I, the reason I don't tell people, Rob, to go ahead and buy the home on the 15-year mortgage up front uh, is because that's going to limit how much house you can buy, and you're probably going to find yourself buying less house, and you're probably going to find yourself buying a level of house that you are not happy with, and now you are going to have to sell that house too quickly, uh, which is a big financial mistake. So we start on a 30-year mortgage because, look, I'm a big fan of the 15-year mortgage. I you know, I think people should try to pay homes off. I think it's, I think it's a big deal. I think having that mortgage burning party that's gone away is huge. I think if we had all, instead of upgrading to McMansions in two thousand three, four, and five, had upgraded ourselves to shorter term mortgages, uh, we would be sitting here with a bunch of free and clear houses right now, instead of a recovery from a housing crisis. So the the fifteen year mortgage is powerful, but I don't think it's the right tool to use when you're buying your first home because it's going to limit. You're buying power, right? Mm-hmm. And and so so you buy the home on the thirty year, right? And and maybe you stretch fifty bucks a month or seventy five bucks a month a little bit. You stretch a little bit so you can get the three bedroom or the four bedroom instead of the two bedroom. So it's something that you can really be happy in, right? And now three years down the road, uh, you're making a little more money, right? You know everybody's getting some kind of raises. Everybody's doing a little better at work year after year, even if it's not a lot. Some people do really well. You know, some people from the time they buy their first home uh, to when they uh, three years later. Uh, they're making substantially more money. You know, maybe they've gone uh, into a supervisor role or a management role or a senior management role. You know, these these things happen in people's careers. And so the the circumstances you were in when you bought the first house, right? And so they, again, this is where if you bought the two bedroom house, you're like, well, I, I'm a manager now. I got to get a bigger house. So I'm going to sell this thing and buy a new one. You just cost yourself money, right? So if you buy the a little bit bigger house up front, and so again, let's put ourselves back in that kind of first time home buyer situation. Uh, your down payment is probably low, right? Most people are putting down three and a half percent, five percent. And so they're going to have mortgage insurance, right? And maybe your credit score wasn't all that great at the time. I'm not, I'm not saying bad, but it wasn't perfect, right? So maybe your credit score was in the 660 to 680 range. So the interest rate was a little bit higher. The PMI was a little bit higher. And now three years later, you're making more money at work. You've been listening to the show. So you've improved your credit score and you're up in the 700s now. And your home value has gone up and the balance has gone down. So now you're in a situation where you could refinance to a 15-year loan, eliminate the PMI, get a great rate because your credit score is better, and you can afford the extra couple bucks a month to go to a 15-year, right? And and now you're going to pay the home off. If we had 30 years, and we've been there for three, we had 27 left. So if we go to a 15-year, we're going to cut 12 years off of the backside of this mortgage. You're going to own that home free and clear 12 years sooner. A lot of people say, well, Robert, in the, in the 15, you're going to double my payment. You know, if 30 years costs, you know, $1,000, doesn't that mean 15 years will cost $2,000 a month? Doesn't it double the payment because it cuts it in half? And the answer is no. Uh, because of the way interest compounds and because of the fact that the 15-year uh, mortgage rates are lower than the 30-year mortgage rates, uh, the increase isn't all that great. And then when we take into account that you probably had PMI and now you're not going to need it this time around, right? So let's just run a quick example here, Rob. Let's say somebody bought a house for $100,000 three years ago. Right. The, uh, the Let's say they got a 4.5% rate, which three years ago, probably about where they would have been, two and a half years ago, somewhere mm-hmm. in 
Uh, you know, again, maybe their credit score wasn't perfect, so the rate's a little bit higher because they had a credit score that was below a 740. Uh, so at that 4.5% rate, $100,000 mortgage, the principal and interest would be $507. And let's say they did an FHA loan, so they're going to have the mortgage insurance of $112. Okay, So we're looking at a total payment before the taxes and insurance of $617. Okay, $617. Bucks. All right. Three years later, they're going to owe around $98,000 on that house. If they bought it three years ago from now, the home has gone up in value significantly. So they would be able to refinance and get rid of that PMI. And so let's say today they go into a a 15-year loan and that rate's going to probably be somewhere in the three and a quarter range. Because again, the 15-year rates are lower. We're going to assume their credit score is higher and we're going to assume they now have enough equity to eliminate the PMI. So the new payment, the new payment is going to be $689. That's it. We were paying $617 because we had private mortgage insurance. That was on a 30-year. And now three years later, with a good credit score, what rates have done, everything else, uh, a 15-year loan would only cost you $72 more per month. So for 72 bucks more a month, you can cut the last 12 years off of your mortgage. So much right? money. And, and we're talking, that's $80,000, $90,000, right? Yeah. So the, you know, the, the 72 bucks a month is going to cost you, you know, 15 grand over the next, you know, 15 years, roughly. But it's going to save you $85,000, $90,000 in payments for those 12 years afterwards, you know? And, and again, for uh, most people can find an extra 72 bucks in, in their, in their monthly bills. You know, if, if you're, say you bought, it was a $200,000 house, double all those numbers, right? So now you're talking as 144 bucks a month to cut 170,000 off the back end of the oh. mortgage. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's so powerful. And so many people don't take advantage of this and, and they, you know, they don't look at the power of refinancing into a shorter term loan. Once again, Great, great economic advice for everyday people from Robert Palmer. And that's what we're about. I hope that you'll tell your friends about the show. I hope you'll tell your friends about the fact that on SavingThousands.com, they can find station listings that you can use and they can use as they're traveling around the southern United States. You can take us along. Yeah, we don't take up much room in the car and, and we really don't eat all that much. So if you're going on vacation, hey, we'd love to go with you. I'll tell you that right now. And if you get out of the southern United States where we're on so many broadcast stations, what we want you to do is you can always pick up financial information by using the Saving Thousands radio app free from your download store. Or how about this? You can go online to iHeart and go to Robert Palmer's own iHeart station. How do you find it? Go to iHeart in the search engine. Just put in Robert Palmer and you'll see the microphone insignia come up. You click on it, and you're going to get all of our archive shows so you can listen for a long, long time. I guarantee you that. It's all about saving thousands. It's all about giving you the tools so that you can be empowered. And don't forget, some of the hottest trending articles right now, here's one closing on a new tread loan, how it can be done. Here's another. Consumers could be at risk with some of these new credit cards with too good to believe offers because they're really not. Okay, we're going to have another article that's brand new on the site that's really trending now. It's the Financial Walking Dead. Ten ways you're a financial zombie. Woo! And finally, stop paying private mortgage insurance. That's a good one. If you can take away that private mortgage insurance, you can be saving hundreds of dollars a month. And you know that. That all adds up to saving thousands with Robert Paul. 